It was a dark and stormy night. Is that what it's like in Boston? I was gonna say that's exactly what it's like here on supposedly on a spring day. Do you mind if I ask both of you, Leah and Kevin, so why, yeah. with, with a theology background, what interests yeah. you about ghost stories? Because we're, we're talking about mystery, and it seems that religion is, you know, I grew up Catholic. Um, you know, I, I think when, when someone goes to a, a Catholic mass, there's a lot that is ritual, um, and it's, you know, for, for, for the uninitiated, for the outsider, they're like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And I, mm-hmm. as a kid, I didn't really, I wasn't really schooled in it. Uh, I, I didn't go to Catholic school. Um, so a lot of it, you know, the, 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 the mysterious quality of, of religion, it seems that there's, there's something that, that you folks deal in that, that is still very much needed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was about we we stuff. talked about the idea of like there's this thing and I and I mean uh, Kevin does more history than me so he can pipe in. Um, Wait, what? But <laughs> well, you do. No, I'm like, just kidding. Like I was not paying attention. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what? you're not paying attention when I talk. Quit being such a man. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Oh, feminist burn. Score. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, I, I mean, what it was sort of a pushback, wasn't it, in the Reformation, where we, I think we, it was as British people would say, we threw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like this idea that we wanted so much to. I say we because I am Protestant, but they wanted so much to distinguish themselves from all of the ritualistic aspects of, or many of the ritualistic aspects of the Catholic church that we lost, you know, some of those elements of mystery. I think it was all about things making quote unquote sense in a very sort of, you know, uh, tangible way, I guess. I don't know. But, but I think what happened as a result of that is that people still miss the idea of, there being this mysterious element to religion. And I think that's really why aspects of folk religion latched on to Protestantism in some ways, because we lost, you know, it's like when you're dead, you're dead. Right. Yeah. You know, what's the fun of that? I mean, not what's the fun of that, but where's the comfort in that? Okay. So you're dead. Yeah. You can go visit the grave if you want, but that person's dead. Like they're, they're dead. Right, you know. right, right. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, too, is that the Protestantism is kind of born with, I mean, it's sort of a textual religion in that it's born with Gutenberg and the Bible, you know, in the language of the people. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of attaches itself to focusing on the Bible and it preached. And, and it's moving, I mean, the whole culture is moving away from oral to written. But I think you know, and Catholicism certainly, you know, very written and you've got Bible and liturgy, but, but you don't need a, I mean, even see it and you go to a Catholic church, they don't always give you a bulletin, nope. you know, and you don't even need that. I mean, you can just rock along and you don't need any of that. Um, and Protestants are like, where's my book? Where's my Bible? Where's my bulletin? Uh, so it is weird that Protestantism's got this, um, I don't know, it, it, it sort of wants things to be a bit more modern and 
and uh, hmm. I've written. Well, I and, wouldn't even. I wouldn't textual. even say modern. I would say tangible. Maybe like, tangible. Can, well, modern. Like yeah. touch. Yeah, but then you do get out of Protestantism, like the Anglicanism and other stuff. You do get, or or the Presbyterianism in Scotland. You do get this worry about witches or the English ghost story, which I mean, you know, is Anglicanism. I mean, it's kind of Catholic too in its style. I think that that's fascinating because that tangible, you know, that push and pull between tangible and intangible. I think the, you know, horror stories, ghost stories, ghost story in particular. There's the tangibility of a setting. You know, you yes. and part of the rules that you were talking about earlier, Leah, is one of the rules is it takes place in a place, duh, right? But um, you know, ghost story is usually in a house. Um, more contemporary ghost stories, they they take place in and in, in many different places, but there's usually it's usually that some sort of occurrence is tied to a place. Um, right. That the most interesting stories that I've come across have have broken that link where, where the, you know, the ghost let's say is, is not tied to a place. It's tied to a person, which is even scarier to me because, because it breaks that rule of like, okay, if I don't go in this house or if I don't, you know, if, if, if I behave and don't do X, then nothing will happen. But if it's attached to a person, um, so that, that tangibility intangibility is, is a, is an interesting tension for me in these these kinds yeah. of stories because there's the... yeah if you if you don't want to see jason don't go to camp Crystal. right yeah. yes yeah hard. there's a and yeah, we don't like warning. like J- jason's <laughs> jason's pretty tangible he's got the ho- he's got the hockey mask just, and that or sort just of run thing. really fast he doesn't seem to run very well so. <laughs> he always <laughs> stumbles and then suddenly he's right beside of you yeah it's very but the... how did he score in hockey you think like was he any good at it <laughs> or is he was he goalie <laughs> Because that's an ice hockey mask, right? You should probably stop and ask him that, and I'll push you down. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound of the puck on the ice. Um, But yeah, I I think I get what you're saying is that, yeah, the idea that, because it reminds me of that film, It Follows, which was oh, this idea. Oh, I haven't seen that. Somebody recommended okay. that to me. Okay, I'm actually that one's so good. I'm not going to tell you. Oh yeah, don't don't because I've heard because people because a friend of mine he's like every once in a while he'll just look at me and he goes, Dave, have you seen it? Follows. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it yet. He'll just shake it. Yeah. He'll just shake his head. Um, I haven't yeah. seen that either. It follows. Where's it that? It follows. One? I think. Uh, I feel like that's. I don't I think know. That's what... on Netflix too. It might be on Netflix. Okay. I think it was brick film maybe but it, it's on hmm. Netflix. i think it's on netflix but it's yeah it's one that i will say okay i i have to bring something up because you alluded to to a, a feminist um uh, <laughs> a small victory earlier so so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring that up again because a little little I'm, little I'm, birdie I'm told me <laughs> um that somebody likes shirley jackson Oh, okay. And that's big victory. A big big victory. <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> she's yeah, she's she's awesome. And that's so that that kind of like realistic setting. So, yeah. you know, Shirley Jackson, a lot of her output is nonfiction. A lot of it's a lot of it's funny. And and the 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 more unusual story and she wrote one of the, the greatest ghost story novels ever, right? Of mm-hmm. of all yep. time. Yep. 
the haunting of Hill House. We can all yeah, I was gonna we say, can all agree on out, that. So out. she's so <laughs> she's mad props to her. But but she's someone who was able to kind of stretch that. You know how how do you take a domestic life, you know, fifties, sixties housewife, and free yourself from that through through mm. through writing um, and make it a p- compelling thing. And and she does. You know, she she plays with with the form. She in, invents a lot of new forms. I think, but I find her a fascinating writer. Um, See, I've not read the book yet. I've been reading it. the autobiography, and or not autobiography, rather, and I haven't read. Which the which book one? Yet. The biography. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, I have it here. I'm trying to figure out the exact name. It's the one that I showed you, Kevin. Yes. What was it called? Uh, uh, a rather haunted life. Oh man, that sounds good. By Ruth Franklin. Huh. That I have it beside my. It's on my beside my bed. Okay. Book. Which, have you read it? Have uh, you started it yet? I have, yeah, I have. Because good. basically, on a random Wednesday or something, I walked into Kevin's office and we were distracting each other as we do. Uh, and he had that book out, and then he started talk the Haunting of Hill House or whatever it's called. And then he started talking about this woman, and I found myself actually way more fascinated about her than about the book. Hmm. <laughs> Which I want to read the book. Nerd alert. I love yeah, yeah watch that's out scary stuff gotta read a biography but i think i think her story you know her story is maybe a horror story in itself yeah and it's a like it's a like you said a, a sort of feminist horror story in some ways um just all the things that happen um it just the, what i've read i mean it could be a film it's incredible oh my gosh my cat just Oh, did it, did it freak you out? <laughs> well, this, I mean, that's... Uh, no, it's so fine. Ro- there's Roald Dahl. Remember Roald Dahl? Um, oh, he, yeah. He has, a, he has a, a book of ghost stories. And, and the introduction, he's he's kind of... It sounds a little jerky. He's like, well, I read all these and they were all crap. And it's like, well, who are you to judge? <laughs> but um, he, he basically says, and, and I, I think it's true, ladies wrote the majority of the best ghost stories. Um, uh, and... Yeah. Um, have you read the yellow wallpaper? Yes. That's, what? that's, that's a great example. Oh my that's, gosh. That's a feminist ghost story right there for you. And who wrote it's, that? It's so desperate. Uh, oh, I'm, I can tell you, I have it. I have a section of it in front of me. I have these, like, I will say a recommendation that I would have is a book called ghost by Louise Welsh. Hmm. And it says a hundred stories to read with the lights on. And it's huge. Oh. But it's literally a hundred ghost stories, and it's some of the more popular huh. ones. But she was talking about the yellow wallpaper. But it is, it is basically a like a a story about someone who's just completely consumed with domestic life, and is looking at this wallpaper, and the like again, just another sort of indication of the wallpaper being like symbolic of her drowning in domesticity basically and it's a really really powerful while you're looking for that i mean so much of ghost stories are about being trapped because if you could get out you'll be fine so you there's either like the the woman in white like there's a a storm or, or i think there's a flooding so the road is gone or the power's out or you're isolated or the doors are locked or the amiable horror the doors shut and you can't get out 
So there's got to be a reason to keep you in. And so that does connect with uh, feminism of being trapped in a certain role or social expectations. So it, it is kind of, you know, I think Gothic fiction to the first Gothic novel. And I think it was written by a woman in the later 1800s. Yeah. I forget her name, so it's but I mean, the- Charlotte Perkins Gilman is the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, she gets postpartum depression and it's a, this, and she's confined and they basically tell her she has to, you know, as people did back then, you need, you should just go to bed, right. <laughs> go to bed. That's this. And so it's sort of her sort of mental downturn because of being kind of confined to that, but because she has this very uh, relatable, um, you know, issue that happens and, but people don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, I, so they they send her to bed. <laughs> I, I think it goes to show you that that the ghost story is a very resilient form. It it reflects the the time in which it's written, but it's also, you know, the the ghost itself, the 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 haunting, the nature of the haunting, or you know, figure or whatever, can be a stand-in for so many things. Right. One one of my mm-hmm. favorite stories is called Number One Branch Line colon the signal man otherwise known as just the, the signal Whoa. man the, although <laughs> although the british would pronounce it the signalman um by charles dickens <laughs> who mm-hmm. wrote one of the oh. other greatest ghost stories of the english language that people often forget about is uh christmas carol i mean that's a, that's carol. a hell of yeah, a ghost absolutely. story yeah it's so but the, the yeah. signal man is terrifying because it is what I was talking about earlier. It detaches the, so like, you know, if you're the guilty party, you know it and you're going to get your comeuppance. This is an innocent man who's not only innocent, he's good at his job. He's, he's, he does his job well and he still gets it in the end. So it's a terrifying story. You, you should, hmm. you should read it. It's, it's also some friends of mine when I told it recently, every year I have this thing I call story share, which is literally get together and share stories for halloween mm. and uh, i oh. read this thing and afterwards pe- people <laughs> my my friends there there's some brilliant friends they pointed out the the kind of colonial aspects of it like this is this is britain at the height of its its powers in the i think it's 1866 um it's also at a time where two big technologies were, were literally spreading across the earth um the railroad and telegraph Um, so it was, you know, they saw it as this fear of a new technology, um, which, which I find interesting because, you know, when, when we're reading it more than a hundred years later, it seems super quaint and it seems super English, but at the time and, and trains figure in, in they're central to the story. They were pretty new. Um, yeah. So, you know, at the time Just it was, it was, place, yeah. yeah, it was, you know, using, using ghosts to, as, as a stand in for, for fear of technology, let's say. Yes. Um, yes. The fear of the unknown. And, and oftentimes the ghosts happen in quote unquote foreign lands. You know, there's ghosts over there. There's not ghosts mm-hmm. here. It's this idea of something mm-hmm. that we fear becomes embodied within something within the ghost story i think is really interesting yeah. and louise welsh talks about that a lot of the, the the link between what you exactly what you said which is colonialism and um sort of the the idea of the ghost 
being sure. something that's the other, the other. Well, you we know, Dracula, know. Dracula, his plan is to invade England, right? He wants to ship in and that's kind of where it shifts. And then you think of yeah. the mummy, which is, you could art, you know, you could describe it as there's these nice British guys and all they want to do is start a museum. Like that's all they want to do is let people <laughs> see stuff. And then, you know, unlucky them, they open the sarcophagus and comes out like which which one that's this? not their fault that they i'm talking about in general the idea of the mummy you know, oh, it's yeah. often in a british museum and and you know somebody disrupts the tomb of some pharaoh and the mummy comes out isn't it i mean isn't that how the mummy usually works yeah, the yeah, old yeah. mummy, yeah. not it's, the newer ones or yeah, yeah. Or they're just you know indiana jones is There's a good guy curse. it's not the his fault yeah like mummy. he falls under the curse and all he's trying to do is take stuff. Is that so wrong? I mean, I'm being sarcastic. But, <laughs> like, what is it so rad to take people's stuff? I mean, it's for a museum. Is that so wrong? Says the white yeah, guy exactly. from, from North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Le- Leah, you were talking about. I, I thought you were talking about fear of the outsider. Um, I, I mean, that's that's mm. a whole subgenre too. Dracula. You know, mm. Dracula was um, Bram Stoker. Uh, he was. I don't know that much about him, but but there's. Um, book called Lair of the White Worm. I started listening to it on audio and it was just so racist. I could not, yeah. you know, may, maybe he reflected oh, wow. the time in, in a certain sense. But, you know, a lot has been made of Dracula being fear of the outsider. You know, here's this, this yeah. suave yeah. foreigner who's going to take our ladies sure. in the night. Um, he has an accent. He's got an accent of... Ooh, love a good actor. I know, right? Yeah, watch, watch out. <laughs> oh, look, she's already falling for it. Look at watch that. Out for the, watch the out problem. for them, for, for them furriners. And there's my, my feminist proclamations are just a separate. <laughs> Oops. Well, you did it to yourself. We did. We. I did. I did. Um, there's there's Lovecraft. I mean that that's a whole. You know, Lovecraft was. Oh man, he he was a mess. You know, the the whole othering. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, you know, the, the misbreeding, ma- yeah, misbreeding, miscegenation, yeah. I think. Yeah. For so people there's... breed with monsters and it's kind of, it seems like a thing against sort of interracial breeding. Yeah. Uh, he's got a know. terrible yeah. story called horror at Red Hook, which is red. He lived in Red Hook, uh, neighborhood of Brooklyn. And, and it's basically just, just dumping on the. Let's say that the the multicultural melee that existed at the time but, that he was yeah, you know, I mean, being from New England, he was just not down with it. Well, it, it is a good story, but yes, when you see those over, when you realize those overtones, I think you can read it as a story. But when you start thinking about those overtones, it is kind of disturbing. Yes, that's true. Like multiple levels. Ke- Kevin, that's and that's Edgar, a good Edgar point. Allan Poe is one of my favorites, but I mean the amount of times. <laughs> Oh, like I love his personal story. I love that he is American in New England and doing all this stuff. But I mean, I have to acknowledge that there's a whole lot of women who are ending up in walls <laughs> or Gosh. under the floor. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not fantastic. And he has, uh, he has, what is that? The one, the, the, the mask of the red death where it's just like a bunch of fancy people. Uh-huh. And you have this, again, the othering, there's this person that comes in and, they're all sort of like, oh, and then, you know, everyone dies, as tends to happen. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of women who who are um, very, very gruesomely murdered. It's true. In his, um, works. It's true. Read the gold, Makes read you... the gold bug lately. Uh, that's that's hard. No. That's hard. That's hard to read. Just. Uh... 
Yeah, just maybe he just had a had a. I don't know about his love life, but it seems like it may not have been too active. <laughs> he was he was he was he had some issues it's true well the, i think that's the thing is the mapping it's not only the that we're that a writer can map what whatever they want to onto a ghost a haunting but the reader also is is doing some mm. of the mappings as mm-hmm. well so we're reading with modern eyes um or a modern sensibility contemporary sensibility something from from a different time so we're we're doing some of the mapping too so there yeah. i mean I, I with with anything you can read it at, at many different levels sure sure okay yeah. yeah wow so we we talked about the a question as well um before we started this which was why do we think these stories are still so significant i think we've hit on it a little bit but i wonder if there's any other thoughts like why do why are we still sitting around a campfire telling these stories yeah i i think there's two probably great answers and one is is it is as dave was saying earlier about the human psyche that that there you know it it is helping us in a freudian level to come to grips with our own unconscious or subconscious or or you know elements that that we are attracted to fear in a weird way or you know Mm. you know we we do we do want to hear about the bad details, even though we don't really want it to happen. Like there, there's weird elements to ourselves that we don't understand. So I think, I think that's one bit. And then another bit is, is like we were saying that I think materialism kind of fails in the, in the, in the sense that, that we really can't live in a world that's cold and scientific, that we, we need stories of something else, whether it's ghosts or, you know, like we just can't, we're not, we're not Vulcans. And we, we yeah. can't live in a coldly logic, logical. Well, I, uh, I, I am. I've got pointy ears and <laughs> I know everything. So. <laughs> but even Spock, like, well, even Spock's dad, fault, you know, marries a, a, a woman. I mean, sorry, not a woman, a, an earth person, right? And, and even the Vulcans are, <laughs> even in the Star Trek lore, the Vulcans themselves are actually kind of um, emotional, right? And that's why they became so logical. <laughs> But even like even they aren't real. I mean, that, if if Spock was really logical, it wouldn't be interesting. I I, I like yeah, that, so. Kevin. I like that the that the back to the mystery that that these stories um, fulfill a deep need in us, not to know everything and and to mm-hmm. wonder to wonder at the universe to wonder what's beyond you know what's come before. Yeah. I I, I also I'm also slightly guilty of nostalgia. You know, nostalgia has good, good and bad things. My because my my father and I shared ghost stories. There's a nostalgia I have, and my grandmother as well. There's a nostalgia I have for listening to some of the same stories that we shared. You know, rereading them. So I actually, and and my my fiance makes fun of me. I I go to bed listening to ghost stories, and she's like, "No uh-huh. wonder you 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 know." T- maybe you toss and turn and have crazy dreams but to me they're kind of comforting because it's this sort of it's this known landscape like i know what's going to happen in, in the story so i huh. <laughs> it's it's comforting to me which which is weird because mm-hmm. they're supposed to be disconcerting and, and unsettling but that is interesting but maybe part of yeah. it is because it goes back to the rules if you know the rules if you know that you know again if you know you're not supposed to going to such and such place, uh, the ghost won't get you. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. there, there is a, there is a certain. Now, 
there, there is a certain comfort be, because they're in some ways some of the older stories are quaint. I mean, you can turn right. on the radio and see horror every day. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm probably there's probably going to be another school shooting by the end of the week. Right. right. I hope there's not. But we we know that the unknown. How do I put it? I I I I work with climate adaptation, so that's that's my my background's architecture and planning. And there's a lot of unknowns that we're trying to plan for, right? Climate change. We don't know how far the seas are going to rise, but we know they are going to because uh, we just are not we're, we're we're not mitigating the problem quickly enough. So I try to tell colleagues and clients, how do you capitalize on the certainty of uncertainty? Because hmm. it's uncertain. Yeah. So the, there, there's uncertainty that's kind of comforting. Like, you know, for, for me, the ghost story that there's, you know, the possibility of something beyond, there's this, the, the rules that you follow. But then there's the uncomfortable uncertainty, which is you know the this the school shooting the just yeah. the 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 crazy yeah. stuff wow. that happens when you turn on the news so it's it's almost like these it, it, even a movie like it which is uh, i i thought was pretty good adaptation but you know it's it's horrific in many ways but but the bottom line you know message of of those those kind of movies is um band together you'll be strong. Yeah. You'll be stronger in numbers. Um, There's a lot right, going right. on underneath. You can, you, yeah, you can, and, you can, you can beat the monster, but there, there are quote monsters out there. We just can't seem to beat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so there is a comfort in the story that's not in reality. Yeah. In some ways yeah. you're saying, cause yeah, the news and, and is, is, is more uncertain kind of the rules of and the ghost a, story or the banding together. Yeah. Yeah, and, the thing, and it, sorry, and you, one other comment. Sometimes things end better, weirdly. I mean, even if there isn't an obvious resolution, there is there's some ending. The movie right. ends, yeah. or right. the book ends. Um, whereas, yeah. yeah, real life is sort of a continuous thing. Yeah, it it's even um, St Stephen King wrote one of his earliest novels. I think he was in his twenties when he wrote it was called Rage, <clears throat> and it was a, a, a school shooting. And he took it out of publication at some point because, the, you know, there's, there's the whole kind of causality argument. Like, you know, you listen to, to misogynistic yeah. lyrics, you're going to beat yeah. up women, you know, if you, you watch terrible stuff, you're going you're gonna to repeat it. So finally, you know, this one, he was like, I'm going to take this one out of circulation. And this is Stephen King, you know, he's written some scary, horrible stuff. He felt that that was not appropriate. So he took rage out of circulation. Um, and he's written, I think there's another one called Strawberry Summer, which is uh, a story about the oh, University of Texas or something. Some Someone got in the clock tower and was shooting people yeah. on a campus. Yeah. Um, so... I think that's Kane Rose Up or something. Oh, maybe that's Kane Rose Up. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. so. That's the name of the story because I remember that. But one. you know, there 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 are a lot of instances where where things reflect real real world events. But mm -hmm. I think yeah. that the the fact that it's 2019, many other countries in the world have enacted sensible gun legislature. Um, 
legislation, and we have not, is one of those, you know, it's okay when Robert Aikman ends the story unresolved, but not having sensible gun legislation yeah. ain't okay. It, yeah. and, and that's, yeah. and that's one of those, scary. so it, how do you retreat from that? You know, you, you work as much as you can, you advocate as much as you can, and you join all the petitions and all that. And, you know, when it, when it still doesn't happen and you turn on the radio and there's another occurrence, it's all of this. We're, other... living, we're living our own version of a horror story. Right. So the, tr <laughs> so the actual stuff that's labeled horror and spooky and suspenseful is quaint by comparison. Yeah, and that's. I think that's always going to be the case. There's always going to be something in real life is always going to be more pernicious than than the than the fictions we can create. Yeah. And I think the fictions help us understand. I was talking with Kevin earlier. That even Stephen King, you know, he writes some horrible stuff. So hopefully, by reading it, you go, "Pooh, well, I'm glad my child isn't among the living dead." That's good. I woke up and, uh, you know, I'm not being pursued by evil clowns. Wow. Life is actually pretty great. We should <laughs> rejoice in what life actually is. So I think horror yeah. and, and suspense and spooky things make us appreciate our actual lives more and, and try to fight yeah. those things that are pernicious. Because what it, there's so many stories about, um, like, Pet Cemetery, or even the monkey's paw that you all were talking about earlier. Pet These Cemetery stories... is the monkey's paw after they yeah, open the door. Basically. Yeah, basically. And it's this idea that people are like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, what was the tagline? Sometimes dead is better. Yeah. Yes. Or something like that. And it's this idea that uh, we may desperate, there, there's something within us that might want someone to come back. I mean, it's this idea of the zombie film as well. We want them to come back. But maybe we should just appreciate, as you said, appreciate life for what it is, because when people come back, they're not the same. It's true. They're not. Right. Yeah. Right. That, wow. that makes me think yeah. of bands when they get back together. You know, the bands that you used to love, <laughs> they were so good. Tour. Right. The Spice Girls are on reunion. I mean, you guys already know this, but the Spice Girls are on tour again. So. Which was your favorite, Dave? Uh, Spice Girls? That was, yeah, I was definitely Posh Spice. Which was yours? She's. She's not. She's not in it. I know. Well, that's how it works. She was my favorite. How about you, Dave? You there? Uh, sorry, oh, Dave. I, I got a call. Yeah. I think it was Posh Spice. Wait, which one was? Which <laughs> one was Posh Spice? <laughs> that was a great recovery. She was the one that Beckham. didn't sing very much, but wore short skirts, which is probably why Kev, it's Kevin's favorite. Did she probably. have pigtails? No, that no. was Baby Spice. Wait, no. What was the? What was the redhead? That was ginger, ginger spice. spice. <laughs> oh, I think Guys. I think mine. I think mine was. Golly, Leah. I think my favorite was the one with the pig. <laughs> I think my favorite was the one with the pigtails. The oh, pigtails. Yeah. That was a that was a common common favorite. I think that was baby? pigtails. Was it baby? Was that was that athletic? That was baby spice. It's not athletic spice. It's sporty spice. Sporty spice. Ford. Dude, that sounds like a I was going to say, that's, that's my deodorant. That's what I actually, God. let me go look at it and see. Yeah, it's, I think it's called okay, Sporty I'm gonna, So I'm going to answer that question and also feed into your um, thing about nostalgia, because I think that you're exactly right about, well, I grew up, I think, uh, in a similar, perhaps, storytelling family, like our whole family. We cannot 
sit at a table and not tell stories like they're they could be fun stories or they could be you know any kind of stories we love telling right on you gotta invite me over yeah right i mean it's but i also think it's a (laughs) i thought it was a very it's a very southern thing as well though yeah here we are three southerners right yes but i hear like the the southern gothic writers i mean there's a reason why they say i mean they're writing about very difficult stuff but they're also talking about you know, you have Tennessee Williams and William Faulkner and Flannery O'Connor, and they're writing about, um, in some ways, horror stories. Oh, Flannery O'Connor, about, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a part of, it's uh, maybe the folk religion that you talked about, Kevin, before, but also the sort of, like, blanket Christianity and also blanket conservative Christianity, where it was like, you know, everyone has to follow these rules. We have to do this thing. We have to behave a certain way. That oh, right. There was a little bit of a need for, and this is my theory, <laughs> I don't know, but the need for escapism. Yeah, like totally. Sure. To yeah, how many Southern yeah. stories start well with, well, your grandfather and some of his friends were doing something they weren't supposed to, yes. and then, right, to. right. <laughs> you know he's a good man, but when he was 18, yeah, but, so there's always, yeah, yeah, yeah so it, totally. it, and it, that connects to feminism, right? It's like you're, you're trapped. And so, you know, this yeah. idea of being are, trapped yeah. and, and I escape, think we were right? trapped. And so we had these stories where it was like, well, like I'm the same. They don't scare me because I see them as being, I remember having sleepovers and gathering around the mirror and saying, daring people to say bloody Mary. Sure, like you say sure. bloody Mary three times and what's going to happen. I, I tried to get and, somebody to do that recently. And they or the candy, the candy man that's the new one because that was the man. film adaptation. What's the oh, is yeah. that what that is? Oh, I never saw that. That was Clive, yeah. that was Clive Barker, I think. Yeah, wrote the story, and then they made a movie. Yeah, but it's the same idea oh. as if you say a name yeah. three times into a mirror. But that guy died like a, from bee stings, yeah. which the way they do it is kind of creepy. Yeah, I, I'll have but to the, check it out. Yeah, but I mean, the Bloody Mary thing was something we did, and you know, who told me about it were my parents. Like, I remember my parents being like, huh, a, uh-huh. have you heard about this sort of thing? And it's like, uh, you know, Halloween was so huge at my house because I think it was this, it gave us an excuse to delve a little into the dark side. Huh. And it was an needed. official holiday. You know, this was before we had the, the churches had, what well, what do they have now? Fall festivals. You know, sure. I, at my church, my Southern Baptist church, there'd be a bunch of witches running around and, and, you know, people with skeleton costumes you know like it was still the the school that kevin and i went to um some parents objected uh, to halloween whatever they thought it was evil or something so our principal geneva brown said all right fine i'm going to turn it around (laughs) and i'm going to call it niwala and everything's going to be backwards and new wallet new wallet and and all witches are going to be good and all devils are going to be good so it was a trip it was like she just she just changed the whole uh the canon yeah she she was she was she was brilliant um yeah and they did morning announcements and the morning announce she'd have the announcements on the speaker and then she'd play you light up my life every day you light up my life that's nice. Yeah, it was, well, she, it got annoying, but it's kind of cute. She, 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 was, she was a great principal, yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah, cool. I, I, yeah, so I think that's for, for it was it was a little bit, uh, for some reason, horror films, Halloween, and these ghost stories, 
for in at least in my situation was like a little acceptable escape from this very heavy handed sort of laws and regulations of hellfire and heaven that you know, operated in Georgia. I, th- I think that's, I think that's important. I mean, culturally, I have some Indian friends and some of my favorite stories are base- basically the theme is um, don't leave your hometown and get married. Se- seems like, because every time <laughs> there's, there's one where a young unmarried man wanders off into the woods, comes across a beautiful uh, woman yeah. and the harpies. She takes him in, feeds him, feeds him an amazing meal, and then at some point, I forgot what happens. He, maybe I'm getting confused. He probably will get killed, or yeah. You know, well, she turns into a horrible hag. Um, yeah. But, th- but there's <laughs> another one, <laughs> of course. This you know, is cause, hell. Because she's, you know, she's she's super cute and she's a really good cook. And he's like, oh, I'm in heaven, but you know, of course he's unmarried and he strayed from his village. <laughs> this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah. But I mean, that goes, so but, it, but then no. you can connect that story back to my namesake, <laughs> you know, Rachel and Leah. And uh, Jacob wakes up the, the next morning, thinks thinks he's going to have his babe mm-hmm. in the bed with him. And he's he's stuck with old weak-eyed Leah. What? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> fill, fill me in on this. Is this... So, yeah, so the story. Yeah, is Dave's Catholic. He has no idea. He, I was going to say, this is is this Old Testament? I'm not. It is. It's, it's basically uh, a story. There's I'm more two familiar sisters, with the sequel. Two, two, <laughs> two sisters, Rachel, Leah. Uh, one of them. All it says, by the way, it doesn't say Leah was ugly. It just says she had weak weak eyes, which nobody knows what that means, but that's fine. And she was the older sister and perhaps not as attractive as Rachel and their parents basically say to Jacob who falls in love with the hotter younger sister <laughs> as happens. Um, it's very Game of Thrones. It's very Game of Thrones. You have to marry you have to marry the oldest sister first. And essentially they somehow like put on <laughs> a mustache on Leah or glasses <laughs> or a wig. Or, no, I don't know. They no, somehow, they, they basically wait, is this the face. Bible or is this a Marx Brothers? <laughs> yes. <movie>? <laughs> but it sets up that sort of precedence, which Jacob then marries Leah because she's in quote unquote disguise somehow. And he goes to bed with her. And that's basically like the contract there. And then he wakes up and he's like, <laughs> this is <it>, Rachel. <laughs> That See an, another cautionary tale. So it is. This is what yeah. happens. You got to watch out. For... It's like the crying game, just different. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a little bad. I remember on that, on that note, guys. We've gone for sixty-eight, and we've gone for sixty-eight. Minutes. Oh my gosh! Okay. Oh, we're so... I mean, I've Maybe enjoyed I, every every. I, I probably it, can. But... I probably can make it two episodes. I'll have to do a little editing magic so maybe there's a okay. cut point well do I, we I do, do wanna... we want to close off with something yeah yeah okay how about we close off with i uh, something about our favorites what is a favorite yeah. something can i add what, one what... Let, let me add one one other comment though the nostalgia yeah. theme mm-hmm. i just yeah. want to say that i think that's really interesting because it is this bonding experience with ghost stories it's like you remember mm-hmm. when you had the story or like for dave like his dad and and grandmother like it connects him in in a way that's very comfortable so i think that's kind of Mm. neat too you you remember where you were kind of or being in a place or you know it's it's a bonding experience 
like telling the kids yeah. a story by the campfire. Like it's yeah. oh, that's fun. So that's kind of neat. Anyway, nostalgia. Totally. I totally agree. And um, so I just had a, a flash. Have we ever thought, no matter what our theology or upbringing is, have we ever thought we have encountered personally anything mysterious? I'll say. No. In our own lives. No. No, and that's and that's one of the things that that is fun, funny with me because I feel like I'm surrounded by people that have so both my parents, um, a, a number of friends feel like they have had experiences and, and, you know, some have told more convincing, some, some convincing things, but I personally have never experienced anything. And sometimes, uh, you know, people go like, well, you know, if I told you this house was bona fide, 100% haunted, would you go in? I'm like, yeah, probably. But it's, huh. it's funny that, that I'm, personally skeptical but i love these stories so much because i love the possibility of it and uh another thing so my my fiance she you know she 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 puts up with the whole ghost story thing but for her they're they're all like positive you know it's like well why wouldn't ghosts exist that makes sense and they'd be like positive you know it'd be a positive experience which for me it's always been ghosts are spooky and scary so Mm. which which takes it down a notch for me and i'm like but i kind of want them to be spooky and scary so so for me it sort of goes back to the the nostalgia because i have not had any sort of a personal experience um Mm -hmm. but i certainly Mm -hmm. don't discount the experiences of others i enjoy hearing about them yeah that's me yeah i'm I'm probably like dave i'm i'm more skeptical and i can't say that i've had a ghost experience but I would be terrified. To, I wouldn't spend a place. I wouldn't stay somewhere with the ghost story. That makes sense. Like, mm. like I would, I'm afraid it might be true. So I really don't want to test it, but I've never had an experience. There's a great quote, Madam so-and-so, do you believe in ghosts? No, but I fear them. Yes. Yes, yes yeah. that would be me. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Leah? Well, yes. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, boy. I, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it quick, but I was at my grandmother's house and I um, was about to fall asleep. Um, And I see, and apparently this is a, I Googled this. This is a very common thing that people see now, whether that's psyche or reality, you can analyze that yourself. But I saw the outline of what looked like a man uh, next to the window so it didn't have form, but was just like, mm. an, like an outline, like a, almost a, a paper, paper cutout. And I remember being like, I must be sleeping. Like I had enough wherewithal to be like, I must be sleeping. Mm. So <clears throat> I was terrified and I turned over and I thought, well, it's probably my grandmother, or my grandfather, like something like that. And then I turned back around and it was still there. And so Ooh. I was like, mm. to make sure that I'm not dreaming... I'm going to get up and I'm going to get a glass of water and I'm going to like make a note of it or something in the bathroom and all of that. And then I'm going to go back to bed just to make sure that I'm not um, sleeping. So I go back to bed still there. Um, So I turn over and basically uh, will myself to go to sleep because I convinced myself that it's my grandparents. Uh, I wake up the next day. 
there is a glass of water by my bed. There is a note in the bathroom that says there was something in the window. Ask grandma about it. So I wasn't sleeping. So then I go uh, downstairs and I talk to my, my grandmother and I said, "Were did you go in my room last night? She was like, no, why would I do that? And uh, my grandfather comes in and he used to work at TBA um, and he got called in at night and he wasn't there the whole night. And hmm. so I talked to my grandma and I told her uh, what I had seen and she just nodded. She was just like, all right, okay. Yeah. What? And again, right? Yeah. And this is good. I, I go out for the day. She's just like, don't worry about it. It was probably nothing, you know, blah, blah. I go out for the day. I come back in. I was probably like 12 or 13. Uh, and there is a dove that she has hung above my door. A dove? A dove. Like a Jesus dove. Yeah. Oh, not a real Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no, not a real dove. Like a, like a, like a, uh, having the sort of like, uh, fig leaf sort of oh. in their mouth dove. Uh, but it's hanging above my door. She says nothing else about it. She just has put that above my door. Wow. Weird, right? That's now, very weird. My, That's my, a great my story. My grandparents were all, every member of my family was deeply, deeply Southern Baptist. So, like, this is not like, I didn't come from some strange. Like not strange, but I didn't come from any alternative religion. Mm. So. Right, right. Yeah, but you've never asked her about it. You don't. You don't know anything. About I don't. She passed away, unfortunately, and mm. I think I was scared to ask her about it because I was yeah. just like, "What?" Now you can explain that any which way you want. Sure, to, but that's my ghost story. That's the only one, and it's I've been to many supposed uh, ghost places uh, after that have been you know spent the night in haunted hotels absolutely nothing but that was mm. my one experience that's a good one mm. yeah mm. nice yeah so there you go that's a good one wow right so wow. 75 shall we end yes we shall end okay uh, this is the theology is annoying podcast and we're so glad to have mike childhood friend dave hampton joined us yeah so fun thanks for having me awesome thank you so much for coming it was great thank you no one else to talk about ghosts with i'm not by myself i really enjoyed it next time we'll talk (laughs) about star wars (laughs) okay ghost build community as long as there's cats involved as well we'll be fine all right i do it so yeah like us on itunes and give us a review and uh, i'm kevin taylor i'm leah robinson Bye. Bye. Bye.